0: C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. And now, here's Cynthia.
1: Thank you very much for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And today, we are going to talk about assertiveness and what assertiveness really is and the difference between assertiveness, non-assertiveness, and aggression, because many times as Christians, we think that maybe being assertive is being mean or selfish or uh, disrespectful, and so it's important that as Christians, we understand what assertiveness does for the world when they see proper assertion and what it does for ourselves and what it does for relationships and how it protects and contains and supports healthy intimacy and the need, to know, the need to be able to know how to be assertive in a godly manner. So let's look at a couple of definitions here for a minute. Aggression, b- what this is, this involves directly standing up for personal rights and expressing thoughts, feelings, and beliefs in a way that is often dishonest, usually inappropriate, and always violates the rights of the other person. So that's what aggression does. It is standing up for personal rights. It is standing up for what you want. But it's doing it in a dishonest or inappropriate way that is violating of the other person's rights. And so we see aggressive behavior with King David when he went after Bathsheba and the way that he ag- aggressively took what he wanted. We see Moses doing some aggressive behavior when he killed the, the, um, the Egyptian and so even and so, he was ass- aggressively going after what he thought were the rights of the Israelite people. So when we look at non-assertion, this involves violating one's own rights by failing to express honest feelings, thoughts, and beliefs, and consequently permitting others to violate you. So this would be you violating your own rights when you are non-assertive. And then it allows and permits others to violate you So expressing one's thoughts and feelings in such an apologetic way, a self-effacing manner, that others easily disregard them. And so when I am being non-assertive, I am violating my own rights and I am permitting others to violate my rights as well, to not take me seriously, to not honor my needs, my requests, and my feelings. Last week's show, we talked about feelings and the need to validate those feelings and support those feelings and respect feelings. Well, if I am non-assertive, then I am devaluing myself. And so what happens is we see a lot of justifying, probably a lot of over-explaining when we hear a non-assertive person talking about what they need or want. And in John um, chapter 8, verses 1 through 12, there's a great um, way to see non-assertion. And this is the woman that's caught in adultery. And so she is thrown in front of Jesus is, is completely non-asserting herself in terms of, hey, this is what happened to me. This is what they're doing to me. Can you please help me? Because she's being passed around and she's being devalued. And so what Jesus says is when, when he addressed assertively the people that, that were condemning her, then he said to her, woman, where are they? Who, who condemns you? And she says, no one, master. No one. And so she was able to then speak. She, she was given a voice because assertiveness is about my voice. And am I willing to use my voice? See, when we have little children, we assert ourselves for that child because that child doesn't have a voice. They, they have to learn how to use their voice. And sometimes parents do it aggressively. What we'd like to see them do it assertively because if they assertively go after their child's needs and wants then they role model for that child how to do that as an adult. If the parent is aggressive, then they teach the child to be aggressive. And if that child doesn't want to be aggressive, that child becomes non-assertive. If the parent is non-assertive, then the child learns to be more in a victim position. So what is assertion? Well, this involves standing up for personal rights and expressing thoughts, feelings, and beliefs in a direct, honest, and appropriate way, which does not violate the other person's rights. So when we were talking about emotions, we were talking about how to express that feeling in an assertive manner. And that is when you, I feel. So when you are 10 minutes late chronically to meet with me, I feel disrespected. See, that is asserting myself without violating that other person. If I assert myself in an an aggressive manner, I'm going to say, I can't believe you would act this way. What kind of person does this? How dare you be 10 minutes late all the time? What a loser, right? That would be asserting my rights in a very aggressive manner because I'm violating that other person. If I am non-assertive, then I just quietly resent the person because I don't tell them what I need and I don't tell them what I want or tell them how I feel. So when we look at what are are the goals of each behavior and the message being sent? So the goal of aggression is domination and winning forcing the other person to lose. Winning is ensured by humiliating, degrading, or belittling or overpowering other people. So they become weaker and less able to express and defend their rights. So the goal is always to, to oppress. So the main message being sent with this type of behavior is, this is what I think, and you're stupid for believing different, differently. So it is always a devaluing. It's always a one down. So my way, my thoughts, my needs take precedent over yours all the time, and I will get what I want in the way that I want it, regardless of how you feel about it. And if you've ever been around someone like that, you know what that feels like. When we, the goal of non-assertion, this is to appease others, to avoid conflict at any cost. The non-assertion shows a definite lack of respect for one's own needs, and it also shows a subtle lack of respect for the other person's ability to take disappointments or to shoulder some responsibility. So if I'm not telling you what I need, I'm not telling you what I want or how I feel, I'm disrespecting myself, but in many ways I'm subtly disrespecting you because I'm not believing that you're able to take it. I'm not believing that maybe you care or that you're willing to take responsibility if I give you a chance. So I've already determined for you that you're not going to be able to meet my need or that you won't meet my need or you won't care about how I feel. that's disrespect. So what happens is the total message conveyed by non-assertion is this. My feelings don't matter. Only yours do. I don't count. You can take advantage of me. And so here's some common phrases like that you might hear with this behavior. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. Lots of justifying, lots of over, over explaining. And what happens is when we are talking to people in that manner, when we are presenting ourselves in that way, we are automatically giving them permission to take advantage of us, to not respect us, and to be aggressive if they so choose. So this is, we get a lot of non-assertion when we struggle with codependency. So when when you heard the show on codependency, you could see how that non-assertive person is is too afraid to assert who they are. Either they don't trust who they are they don't they don't have good intrapersonal relationship with themselves and so they're not valuing themselves so they're not expecting other people to value them either and usually what happens in that situation is we're acting non assertively hoping that someone will see that non assertiveness as the need to be helped or the need to be supported and instead we're going to be seen as 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 a victim or we're going we're to be seen as as devaluing ourselves, which means that that person then is not going to see you as a valuable person either. Now, the goal of assertion, on the other hand, this is communication and mutuality. That is to get and give respect, to ask for fair play, to have a room for compromise when needs and the rights of two people are in conflict. So in such compromises, neither person sacrifices their basic integrity and both get some of their needs satisfied, maybe immediately, maybe later. But the basic message being sent here is, this is what I think, this is how I feel, this is how I see the situation, and so the message expresses who the person is and is said without dominating, humiliating, or degrading the other person. So it is taking a stance that says, I respect myself, so I require that you respect me as well, because I'm going to respect you. So if we look at some different situations that we can show these different types of aggression or assertion or or non-assertion, you might see a situation like someone asks for a ride home and it's inconvenient because you're late and you have a few errands and the drive will take you all the way out of your way. So you say, listen, I'm pressed for time today, but what I can do is take you to a convenient bus stop, but what I won't be able to do is take you home. And see, that's a very assertive statement. I'm respecting my time, and I'm respecting what I need to do. And then I'm going to see, can I meet that person's need? And if I can't meet the entire need, I might say to them, you know, I, I, what I can't do is this, but what I can do is this. That's a very assertive response. So if we look at, say someone's in a meeting, um, and there's a person there that's constantly interrupting, So, what you might say as an assertive way, excuse me, I'd like to finish my statement. I can also say that in an aggressive manner. I can say, excuse me, I'd like to finish my statement. And so, we can see that vocal inflection, body language, nonverbals have a lot to do with how that message is sent. So, as we are looking at nonverbal components of behaviors, what we see is that they are equally important, if not more so, because If I don't have congruency in what my words are saying, the delivery isn't supporting the words. They're not going to believe the words. They're going to believe what they feel. They're going to believe what they're saying. They're going to believe all that nonverbal before they believe what I say. So sometimes it's helpful if we practice being assertive, practice assertive behaviors, practice assertive talking with role-playing. And so these things, if I take a moment to consider how the statement I like you can be said as a sincere statement. It can be said as a question. It can be said like a sarcastic remark. I can say, I like you, or I like you, or I like you. And so you can see how different the vocal inflection, what power that has, making it either be assertive, non-assertive, or aggressive. So I'm going to really want all of the nonverbal to support the verbal. So we're we're going to come back in a few minutes, and we're going to talk about more nonverbal and how we can practice being assertive, and how we can do this appropriately in Christ-like. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking about assertiveness and the difference between aggressive, non-assertion, and assertive. And we were talking in the last segment about the importance of the non-verbal part of the communication. And when it is not congruent, the people that you are trying to assert yourself to are going to believe what they feel before they believe what you say. So the nonverbals are congruent with the verbal message and add support and strength and emphasis to what's being said verbally. When we are when we are doing nonverbal assertive behavior. So this would be that the voice is appropriately loud to the situation, the eye contact is firm, not a stare down, the body gestures which denote strength are used, and the speech pattern is fluent without awkward hesitancies. It's expressive, clear, and it emphasizes keywords. So this is why we may have to practice, because when we are, are wanting to be assertive, but we're not trusting it inside, or we're feeling hesitant, or we're feeling insecure, or we're feeling scared, like, oh, what's this person going to do? Then we're going to really want to practice whatever that assertive statement needs to be. And so we can do that. Um, we do that oftentimes in the therapeutic uh, realm, but you can do that with a, with a trusted friend, You can do it with yourself. You can stand in front of the mirror and and assertively practice. I am going to address this person's behavior. And this is how I'm going to do it. And this is how I'm going to say it. And the more often you practice it, you really get much better at it. It really becomes more natural. Because the more natural it is, the more power it has. And so if you're not feeling very natural doing it and you do it anyways, you can still say to the person, I know I seem hesitant. I know I seem a little shaken up saying this to you but this is because it's so important to me this is a big risk for me to take and that still those verbal words support even if the nonverbals aren't as congruent as you would like them to be because you are still supporting yourself so non-assertive nonverbal behavior this conveys weakness anxiety pleading or self-effacement and this type of behavior reduces the impact of what's being said verbally And that's why people who are scared of acting assertively use them. So some of these behaviors are going to be like evasive eye contact, hand wringing, a wooden body posture, hesitant speech patterns, throat cleared frequently, facial gestures that are, you know, you're raising your eyebrows because you're afraid, um, you laugh uh, nervously. And so these types of things, even if you're not able to really control those nonverbals, because nonverbal communicate, nonverbals are not able to be controlled very easily at all. That's why we have to practice them. The more we integrate the willingness and, and the, the need to be assertive and why assertiveness is so important and why assertiveness is a healthy Christian behavior, because this is what is being a truthful, honest, authentic person. And so, if I can't get the nonverbals to match my words, I still, like I said earlier, can support it by saying, I'm sorry if I look nervous. I'm sure that is, is incongruent with my words, but it is because I am nervous. I don't like confronting people, but this is very important, and that's why I'm doing it. And so you can kind of support yourself even, even if the nonverbals aren't matching. So if we look at what nonverbal aggressive, aggressive behaviors are, the nonverbals there, what you'll see is it's an attempt to demean or dominate another person. So this includes eye contact that tries to stare you down. You have sarcastic or condescending tones of voice, parental body gestures. You might get excessive finger pointing. You might get somebody being in your face. You might get someone storming off and coming back in and storming away in order to make sure that they are going to get what they need. So, This here, when we're looking at assertiveness, if you just always remind yourself, it's say what I mean and mean what I say. And so if I say what I mean and then I mean what I say, that is going to have that much more power because you have to remember that as the adult caregiver, you are the one that is supporting you. There isn't another person out there that's going to come in and do this assertiveness for you. So if you didn't get an assertive training, assertiveness training from your parents, it's your job to learn it as an adult. Because if you've ever been around assertive people that do it appropriately, you probably enjoy their company a lot. Because these are the safe people. These are the ones that you can count on. These are the ones that seem strong, constant, stable. So if we look at some more of these examples, what if we had this one? An acquaintance is asked uh, to borrow your car for the evening and you say, I don't know, well it's not worth getting into a fuss about. Now uh, you can borrow it, but I should warn you, I think I'm having uh, trouble with the brakes. Okay, this is an extremely non-assertive statement. Because what what this person is saying, and they're, they're wanting to borrow my car, and I really don't want to give it to them. And so I say, I don't know, well, it's not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And I even do a passive-aggressive thing where I'm saying, yeah, you can borrow it, but, you know, I don't know if the brakes really work very well. Okay, <laughs> what we want to do is we want to say, you know, I, I can appreciate you asking, I'm not comfortable giving my car away, or I need my car tonight, so I'm not able to do that. Just very simply, you know, because see, if I'm not apologizing, if I believe what I'm saying, that n- no, I'm not giving my car away and I'm not going to feel guilty because I don't want to give my car away. This is my car. It belongs to me. I'm the one that maintains it. I take care of it. And I have very valid reasons. Even if I don't, even if there isn't like a valid reason that I can come up with, I still have the right to say no. And so I don't even have to explain that. I can just simply say, you know, I appreciate um, the asking, but no, I'm not going to be able to let you use my car. And then I go on and I start talking about other things. So it's imperative that I learn how to, to be assertive with the things that belong to me as well. Not just with my feelings, but with the things that, that God has provided for me. Because those are for me to take care of. That's for me to be a good steward. So I need to be a good steward of all the things that God has given me. And I need to be very protective of the way that I'm living my life and what is going on in my life because I'm the primary caregiver. So as, we, as, we're, as we're looking more at this, we want to look at what are some of the advantages of being assertive? Well, like we said, assertive behavior promotes equality in relationships and it enables us to act in our own best interest to stand up for ourselves without undue anxiety. It helps us to express feelings honestly and comfortably, which is the whole point of, of, of doing this, is because this is how we have emotional honesty, and this is how we have intimacy. And it also helps to exercise my personal rights without denying the rights of others. So if I'm promoting qual- equality in human relationships, this means I put both parties on an equal footing. So I, I, it's to restore the balance of power by giving personal power to the underdog and to make it possible for everyone to gain and no one to lose. So even if somebody is choosing to be non-assertive, doesn't mean I'm going to be codependent and do it for them, but I'm not going to treat them in a victim manner either. I'm not going to take advantage of them. I'm not going to devalue them because that would mean that I would then become more of an aggressive person, even if it's in a passive manner. So I choose boundaries of the way that I assert myself, even with a non-assertive person. And so I'm going to act in my own best interest because what this this is, this refers to the ability to make your own decisions about your career, your relationships, your lifestyle, your time schedule, and to take initiative, starting conversations and organizing activities. This is you trusting your own judgment. And if you can't trust your own judgment, that's a whole different issue that, that needs to be worked on either with a pastor, a friend, a mentor, a therapist. And to set goals, and you want to work to achieve them, it's also taking care of your own best interests is being able to ask for help from others. So join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about assertiveness and what this really means and what the advantages to being assertive are. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking about assertiveness and the difference between non-assertion, aggression, and what assertiveness truly is. And we were talking about some of the benefits and advantages of being assertive. So a second benefit of assertion is that it often fosters fulfilling relationships, truly, because you are then presenting your authentic, honest self. So Assertion releases a lot of positive energy toward others because you're less preoccupied by self-consciousness and anxiety, and you're less driven by the needs for self-protection or control. So the assertive person can see and hear and love others more easily because assertion makes you comfortable with yourself, and therefore others find it more comfortable to be with you. So the richest and most wholesome intimate relationships are between two assertive people. Because intimacy, remember, has been defined as the ability to express one's deepest aspirations, your hopes, your fears, your anxieties, and things you feel guilty to another significant person. And do it repeatedly. This is how intimacy occurs. Is that I have to assert myself to be known. And I need that other person to assert themselves with me so I can know them. And so that kind of disclosure is assertive behavior. When I am describing my hopes and my dreams and my fears, my anxieties, things that past mistakes or things I feel guilty about. So this healthy mutual need satisfaction can only occur between mutually assertive people. So the finest marriages, friendships, parent-child relationships are the fruit of assertive relationships. So another advantage of assertive behavior that it greatly reduces a person's fear and anxiety. And research has proven conclusively uh, that that learning to make assertive responses definitely weakens the anxiety and tension previously experienced in different specific situations. And I know that it feels really anxiety provoking to be assertive if you haven't practiced it or learned how to do it. But what you will find if you're willing to learn that skill, overall your anxiety and fears will be much, much less because you won't be walking around feeling like a victim, like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get my need met. They're not going to like me. I don't want to make anyone mad. Um, I'm giving away my things, my time, my money, my possessions. That kind of living creates a ton of resentment and a ton of anxiety and fear. So as the increasingly assertive person realizes that she or he can and will gain needs and and be able to defend themselves, then she, she or he does not approach others with fears about being so hurt or controlled because they know what they have control over, and they are willing to assert what they need. So one of the biggest advantages of assertive behavior is living one's own life. That your chances of getting what you want out of life greatly improve when you let others know what you want and stand up for your own rights and your own needs. Assertion is results-oriented, And so a person's needs will be satisfied by being consistently assertive than being submissive or doing aggressive behaviors. Now, certainly there are times when effective assertion doesn't succeed in obtaining the goal, but you are going to feel better. You are going to feel more in control of your life, and you are going to feel more valued. So even in those circumstances, assertive behavior is the most appropriate, effective way. And the other thing that you want to think about when when you are defending your own space and fulfilling your own needs you are going to feel much more respected and people are going to follow that that follow suit it's it, because you're role modeling for them how you want to be treated so when you treat yourself in that manner they are then you're role modeling for them how to treat you now the, you <coughs> excuse me you also want to remember that Assertiveness doesn't always have to happen in every situation. You can choose to not assert yourself. But that's very different than not being able to assert yourself. So it's imperative, as we are going forward in being your own best version, being the person that God has truly created you to be, that we learn how to do that self-care through assertion. We've talked previously about self-care through how I think, how I think about myself, my intrapersonal world, and one of the ways that I, I express a healthy intrapersonal world, that is how I feel about me inside of me, is to assertively express it outside of myself. Because remember that healthy, assertive people are the safest people. They are the safest people to be around. And you will probably experience that if you can think of someone that you know that is assertive. You feel like they're in control of themselves, that they know what they want, they know what they need, and they know how to go about getting it. And so they are much more comfortable to be around. An assertive person is not one that's busting everybody's boundaries. And an assertive person is not a person that is like a non-person. See, non-assertive people are like non-people because they never will tell you really what they need. They never really tell you what you want, that they want. And so it puts a a great burden on the other person because then the other person has to do everything. So if you're trying to be in relationship with a non-assertive person, you end up feeling like you have to do both sides of the relationship. Join me for the last segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia as we talk about assertiveness. Thank you for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. And we are in the last segment of this show talking about assertiveness and why and what the advantages to assertiveness are. So I want us to look for a minute at this type, the characteristics of these behaviors. And, and then we're going to look at the feelings that you may have and the feelings that another person may have when you are engaging in these behaviors. So again, the non assertive behavior, what's the characteristic of that? Well, it's emotionally dishonest, indirect, self denying, and inhibited. So when you are practicing non assertive behavior, you are probably going to feel hurt, anxious at the time, and possibly angry later. So when when you are having feelings of a lot of hurt, a lot of resentment, a lot of anxiety, a lot of that has to do with I'm not getting my needs met. And if I'm not getting my needs met, that has to do with me, because I'm the one that needs to express that. So the other person, when you are being non-assertive, they may feel guilty or superior, and those aren't good feelings to foster in someone else. And so the other person's feelings about you when you're engaging in non-assertive behavior, they generally are going to feel irritation, because... They're needing you to assert yourself. They're needing to get information from you. They're needing to get responses from you. Otherwise, they can't be in relationship with you. And so they're going to feel irritation. They may feel pity and they may feel disgust. So non-assertiveness, even though it feels like it's avoiding negative feelings, actually creates more negative feelings for you and those around you. Remember, when we talked about in the last show, humans have a tendency, their natural tendency is to gravitate toward pleasure and decrease or avoid pain. So non-assertive behaviors are a way to avoid pain, but they bring more pain for you and others. So what if we see aggressive? Well, when we see people being aggressive, they are inappropriately emotionally honest, which means they're acting similar to a toddler or a teenager in many ways, because they're not filtering anything and they're having no regard for their emotional honesty and how it's going to affect others around them. And so there's no filter. And so they're inappropriately direct, inappropriately self-enhancing, and it's at the expense of another person. So when that person, that aggressive person, is doing those aggressive behaviors, they generally are going to feel righteous, superior, and they may feel guilty later. The other person that is experiencing that aggressive behavior, they're going to feel hurt and humiliated, resentful possibly. It's, it's, it's abusive to do this to people. And so they may feel some shame later, like, man, what's wrong with me? Why do I, I bring that out in that person? What did I do? And so the other person's feelings about you when you do aggressive behavior, they may feel angry or vengeful towards you. And so neither the non-assertive or the aggressive behavior fosters any type of healthy relationship at all. So when we look at assertive, what do we see? When we see an assertive person. They are appropriately emotionally honest, direct, self-enhancing, and expressive. They are just—they are telling the truth in an adult manner that is also truthful but not brutal. And so they, the feelings that they are having when they are practicing assertive behavior, they are feeling confident. That's what it creates for that person is confidence and self-respect. At the time, they're asserting themselves, and they feel self-respect later. Where you see the other two After the event was over, left them both with negative feelings. The assertive person has positive feelings while they're asserting themselves and positive feelings after the fact. So the other person's feelings about that person's behavior is they're going to feel valued and respected. Even if the information is is painful, when you do it in an assertive, healthy way, they're going to still feel valued and respected by you. And so they're going to have a general overall respect after the situation as well. So as we, work, as we learn about this, this assertiveness and how we become more assertive, I want to give you a couple of tips to, to start this process. The first one, I want you to just kind of do some self-monitoring. And you want to pinpoint people in situations that are most likely going to bring out non-assertiveness in you because you may do really well in some areas, be assertive. And then somehow in this other one, why can't I assert myself over here? And so, you know, you want to look at, are there particular situations that kind of reduce me to this non-assertive person? Or is there a particular person or situation that brings out aggressiveness in me? And so this is what we want to do. We want to just kind of monitor this. And we want to look at these different areas. So then what we want to do is we want to practice modeling. So we're going to observe a person who behaves assertively. And you probably can think of someone that you have seen, maybe at work, maybe a a friend, a a sibling, and even maybe one of your children. And you go, wow, how did they do that? That was amazing. Well, that's part of modeling. So you can say, that is a good picture for me to see how to begin to do that. And so, you know, assertive people, really, they're not necessarily brilliant debaters because they're not trying to convince. Assertive people many times don't have any better speaking skills than non-assertive people. But they just speak up. They use their voice. And they stick to the point. And they are supporting and respecting themselves. So then what you want to do is you want to do what we call covert imagery. And this is kind of what they practice with. Olympians and golfers do this. Is that you want to picture in your mind that situation that you know you need to be assertive in. You want to picture how that's going to be, what you're going to say, and you're going to practice doing that. And you're going to really feel the feelings as you visualize what comes up for you. You're going to feel those feelings and say, okay. And then you're going to speak it out loud with somebody else. This is role-playing. And so you practice this either with yourself, like I said, in front of the mirror, you can do that. You can practice while you're driving, talking to that person, saying, this is what I need to say to you. This is what we need to talk about. I need to express this feeling. I need to request this need. And so this these are scenes that you can you yourself can initiate. So... It's important that while you're role-playing that you are either doing this with someone or at least you are doing it out loud. And so then you go to do the real thing. And this is the time you share the new skill with the world. So you go out and you initiate the situation that you rehearsed and you be as assertive as you can. So you pick a time with that particular person because now you've practiced it, you've visualized it, you've seen how it can be done. You pick a time and then you assert that particular need or want. Now, if you lose courage, just go back to role playing. But if you handle the situation fairly well, you're going to feel some anxiety, but don't not be overwhelmed by it. You want to congratulate yourself and you want to repeat that scene again tomorrow with a with different, you know, with other people or other situations. So the real thing, this is where you're going to do it really well for a while. And then you may fall back and, and, and kind of lose the program a little, but that doesn't mean that's failure. That means, you know, I might be particularly tired that day and so I kind of non-asserted myself or I snapped at that person. Well, I can still be assertive and go back and say, I don't like how I handled that situation. Can I try that again with you? Because I didn't do that in a healthy manner. And I think I disrespected you and I disrespected myself. And so this is important that you, you continue to master this, this particular behavior so that you practice it in all areas of your life. And as we, as we look at this... These assertive behaviors, I want you to keep a couple of ideas in mind. That assertive behavior is often confused with aggressive behavior. However, assertion does not mean involving the other person physically or emotionally. So even if it's uncomfortable or stern, strong, if I hurt physically or emotionally that other person, then that is aggressive. If they are uncomfortable, or even if they get angry with me because I asserted myself, because they're not getting what they want, that doesn't mean I'm being aggressive. So assertive behavior aims at equalizing the balance of power, not in winning the battle. So I'm not putting the other per- person down. I'm not rendering him helpless. I'm not going for the jugular. Assertive behavior is equalizing, is causing two people to be on equal footing, both being equally respected. So Assertive behavior also involves expressing your legitimate rights as an individual. You have the right to express your wants, needs, feelings, and ideas. You don't necessarily have the right to take those wants, but you do have the right to express them because that's a God-given quality. God expresses himself very assertively, and we are thankful for that. So remember, other individuals have the right to express themselves in response to your assertiveness as well. That's part of equalizing the power. So they have a right to say, you know, I hear that request and and I'm going to need to refuse that. I I don't want to do that. I'm not comfortable doing that. And that is an equally assertive response. So an an assertive encounter with another individual, okay, this may involve negotiating an agreeable compromise. So when I'm asserting my need and my want, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to get that need or want. I may get a version of it. But the importance is that I put that out there, that it first needs to be seen and heard. And so assertive words accompanied by appropriate assertive body language makes your message more clear and impactful. So it's important that we work on congruency, which means that I have to practice. And it means that I have to really be honest about how I'm really feeling because I can't go and assert myself if I'm lying about my feeling, if I'm afraid to do it. So assertive body language includes, remember, Direct eye contact doesn't mean I'm staring the person down. Has an erect posture. I'm speaking clearly and audibly. I make sure that I don't have a whiny quality to my voice. And I use facial expressions and gestures that add emphasis to words. And when we are being assertive with someone, the more aggressive or out of control or or dysfunctional that other person is, we may have to raise our voice. But we don't start with a raised voice. We start with a calm strong, clear voice. And if the other person is coming back aggressively, I may need to raise my voice. But if I ever have to shout, yell, scream, I've lost the program. So I can use a stronger tone and I can speak more clearly. But if I ever get to the place that I'm now disrespecting or demeaning or demoralizing that person, then I'm being aggressive. If I resort to, I start out being assertive and the person is, is giving me a hard time, or pushing back, and I start getting into whiny talking, then I've now lapsed into being non-assertive. So assertive behavior is a skill, and it can be learned and maintained by frequent practice. So just remember, every person is entitled to dignity, respect, and courtesy. It starts with you. The more that I treat myself with dignity, respect, and courtesy, the more other individuals are going to have a tendency to do that. And then the more that I do that for me, the more I require that from others through assertive behaviors. And you have to remember, human adjustment requires that you stand up for your rights. So if you want something adjusted, you need to stand up for those rights. By not standing up for your rights, you're encouraging the other person to continue treating you the same way by reinforcing his or her behavior. They are not going to just change it because they have some epiphany unless, you know, the Holy Spirit, or they have a little come to Jesus meeting, they may change it without you being assertive. But you don't want to wait and and continue to endure bad behavior from another person because you're unwilling to assert yourself. So by not expressing yourself, you're allowing things to build up inside, and that results in inappropriate and hurtful responses by you later. So the important point here is not letting others know how you feel. This is also a form of selfishness, as we spoke about earlier that I am being codependent then and I am devaluing that other person because I'm already anticipating what they're going to do or what they're going to say. I've already decided beforehand and I'm not even giving them a chance. I'm giving them no credit for what may be their ability to respond. So if I don't tell someone what what I think, I also deny them the opportunity to change. Because sometimes, you know, there's there's a myriad of behaviors that are generally inappropriate. But then there are things personally for me that I may be uncomfortable with, that if I don't tell that other person I'm expecting them to know it, they may say, oh, I'm glad you told me. I had no idea. Thank you for telling me. I will stop doing that. So I need to give them the chance. That's part of me respecting them. Now, also remember, each person has a right to express himself as long as the rights of others are not violated. So as we are ending the show today, I really want to encourage you about learning assertive behavior. It is a great testimony to, to the rest of the world when we have Christian people that are able to assert themselves in a healthy manner. And so our show is ending today. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I will talk to you next week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate and spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay anytime at KPXQ1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on 1360 KPXQ.